Welcome to The Fight with Teddy Atlas, presented by Dynamic Striking. I'm Ken Rideout, joined as always by the voice of boxing and Raiders superfan, the great Teddy Atlas. Teddy, before we talk about um, boxing and football, I just want to give a quick shout out to a high school friend of mine, Lynn Kelly, who's waiting for a heart transplant in Boston at Mass General Hospital. They thought they had one lined up for her on the 15th, but they sent her home. And I just want to say to her, Lynn, you might be in the ring fighting, but we're all in your corner. All of some of the high school is with you. Hang in there. You're going to get this. We love you. Teddy, let's talk about football. Tough one for the Raiders and a worse one for the Patriots. First of all, I'll just jump on that and say, Lynn, um, you just don't give up. Don't give up hope. Keep thinking positive. As Ken said, you are going to get it. You will get it. And... uh We'll all say a prayer for you. Thank you. Appreciate As, that. So, go ahead, Ken. What were you? Raiders. Were you Raiders me? lost a tough one. The, the page. I'm mad at you. Listen, I don't hold nothing back. I'm yeah. mad at you. You didn't call me. We're supposed to be friends beyond friends. You didn't even call and say good luck. Nothing. You. You. You just. You just forgot all about that. Uh, the Raiders' importance of the. You, you didn't call. I mean. I was very disappointed. No, no phone call, no luck, and you know the 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 football gods saw to it that you got you got yours. <laughs> That's from you know yeah, what yeah. you got yours. Two we things, lost, two we things. lost by six. No, no, you're not. I'm not done. Right. <laughs> we, we lost by six points, and you guys got uh, just whatever collaborated, whatever whatever word would best describe getting spanked. Um, you guys got spanked because of. The gods were not happy. The football gods were not happy with you, not wishing me luck, wishing my son luck, wishing the Raiders luck. Um, and now we got to worry. We got to worry about what happens uh, when a team, you know, that's been through all the things the Raiders have been through, uh, with all the turmoil, all the tragedy. I mean, there's just, you. I mean, if you, if you, wrote this into a script, people would say you over the top what happened during the year. And they went through all that and then they won four straight games and they made the playoffs in just dramatic fashion. Dramatic fashion. Unbelievable. And listen, they got a lot of flaws, they got a lot of holes, but they got that team. And when I say they, everybody collectively, the quarterback, the GM, uh, you know, Mayock, uh, the, the, the coach, my son's whole crew, uh, they all did their job. And collectively, they showed grit. They showed heart. And they freaking got to the playoffs. And then, I know I'm sounding like a angry dad. And I am. <laughs> I am a little angry. I am. I am. Because I, you, you don't make excuses. You win, you lose. But you see some of those calls in that game against Cincinnati I mean, you know, I know you get good calls and bad calls. Everybody deals with it. But it just sure as hell does seem like the Raiders deal with more. It just seems like there's some kind of anti-Raider bias that's out there for the conspiracy theorists out there that go way back in football and believe that 
there are people in the league that still hold a grudge against the icon, the icon, the legendary Al Davis. You know, when he sued the league, the only person to sue the freaking league, he won. He took the team to L.A., then he came back to Oakland years later. I mean, people still think that there's a bias. And I'll tell you, sometimes, I, look, sometimes it's hard to deny it. Or it's hard, it makes you think, I wonder if there is something to that. I mean, they... There's a call in the freaking end zone. And yeah, I'm an angry dad. I'll say it again. Uh, there's a call in the end zone that turned the whole game, right? And Burrow's terrific, the, the, the quarterback. He's tremendous. But he, he's stepping out of bounds. He gets the ball, and there's a whistle. There's a whistle. You hear the whistle. And he throws it for a touchdown. And at first, it looked like it wasn't going to count because there was a whistle. Then the referees get together, right? And they, they have a conference, and they say it's a touchdown. Then the officials of the league, including the, the, the um, commentators who have a league expert with them, that, that's a rule expert, immediately, and then it get confirmed by the league the next day, that play never should have happened. Once the whistle blew, that's it. That's a rule. It's just a rule. You can't have that play. You That play doesn't exist anymore but it did exist and they did let it stand and the league what does the league do they suspended those those referees those officials from doing any other games over the weekend they weren't allowed to do i don't know when they're going to allow them to come back but they suspended them from any other duties from any other games why because they they made a wrong call that influenced the outcome of that game so it was it was just tough uh, you just you just hope that uh, that people will recognize the people that have to not only the hard work everyone works hard in that league there's only 32 jobs 32 teams everybody works their backside off or they know they find out what the NFL initials stand for not for long not for long so they all work hard uh, I don't I, I don't deny that but just hope that somebody sees, you know, what they were working with, uh, the handicap that they were working with, the difficulty, uh, the extra difficulties that they were working with throughout the year, and they still they still made the playoffs and came this close to winning that first playoff game. I'm very proud of my son. I'm proud of Mayock. I'm proud of Dewan. I'm proud of uh, I'm proud of everyone I know over there. I'm proud of, like I said, my son. Or, everybody over there of what they uh, the effort they put forward and what they dealt with uh, throughout the year and overcame uh, to get that close that's all I had to say that and, and you're still in trouble with me I should you're have, still in trouble alright fair yeah. enough I should have called you I'm sorry you know Please I was don't. thinking I'm not going to go this far but I was thinking about that scene from the from the <laughs> Godfather where Michael Corleone uh, he was very obviously disappointed in a different way but disappointment's disappointment he was very disappointed and 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 just you know really uh down by his brother Fredo, and um, <laughs> you know, yeah. And, and but then I, I, I said, Teddy, you gotta get, a, you gotta make a decision here. Don't go. You can't go that far. You can't kiss Ken on the lips. Um, that's uh, that's something that I don't care how pissed off I am. I, I'm I'm not kissing him on the freaking lips, and um, I, I would never give him the death kiss. No, uh, ever, ever. But 
it, it did disappoint me, but um, I'm over it. Obviously, not completely. Um, but <laughs> I promise you, I hold, it, it I, will I never hold, happen I, again. Uh, the whole family was you, here right, cheering like crazy for the Raiders. I agree. Oh, thank you. They got screwed. I've been riding with them from the beginning. We love the Raiders thank here. They're our second. The, the thing that sucks the most about that is if they won, I'm telling you, Tennessee is ripe for the pick, and someone's going to run run them right over. I don't know if Cincinnati can do it, but Kansas City Buffalo winner is going to the Super Bowl against Brady or probably Green Bay. So I love. Well, they I, look good. They look good. I mean, Buffalo, you, uh, what they did, the oh, way they they spanked, humiliated them. Um, they humiliated wow. the Patriots. Like wow. I've never seen a Patriots team show up and take such a beating if that was a sparring partner you'd tell the guy dude you gotta at least throw punches back we don't just need you to be a punching bag here give us a little something let us work on some things it, it was just uh, disgraceful it was the worst game i've ever seen from the patriots kind of like the joe what you just said you know kind of like the joe smith fight you think the opponent uh, if he threw more punches you'd probably have a better chance i know there's more risk when you throw don't get me wrong but there's probably a better chance of uh, you keeping the other fella, <laughs> the other fella, uh, from throwing maybe quite as many. But anyway, we'll get into that deep and we'll break that down. Uh, but it was uh, all the favorites. If if I'm not mistaken, the first weekend. Well, it's not over yet. There's a game tonight, but all the favorites uh, won. Yeah. And uh, the one other thing before we move on. I just want to say it. I just I say things from my heart, from my mind, from my heart, and um, I just want to say happy Martin Luther King Day to everybody out there. And the only thing I I say four seconds worth of stuff on it that my wish for this great, 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 great country and the great people that are in it is that everybody will continue to have what people like Dr. King and many others, many others, special people, made possible and and was, was what they wanted for the people in this country, for them to be able to fulfill their dreams, to be able to pursue their dreams, to be anything they want to be in this country if they work hard enough. And you know what? It's there. It's, it's there. It's there because of those people. And please, the good people out there, just go out there, pursue your dreams. There's nothing to stop you but yourself. There really isn't. There's nothing to stop you but yourself. And the final thing I'd say on it is, for me, my personal dream, my personal wish for all the people out there is to pursue the dream that makes us all better. To be the best human being you can be. That's it. So that's it, Ken. Uh, Ken. I wanted to just say that to everybody. Uh, thinking about everybody in that kind of human way. And let's get to some uh, 
some fighting stuff now. Yes. Okay. For, let's start out with uh, the great and powerful Joe Smith Jr. Joe Smith looked great, although <clears throat> we were talking right before we started. I said, I know the kid's name was Geffrard, who he fought. What was his first name? Or some of or you said, what's his? What was his? Or what was his first name? I said, first name punching, last name bag. And I don't want. I don't mean to sound. I hate being critical of anyone, so I I, I, I say that jokingly, but. Steve just showed up, kept his hands up, and let Joe wail on him for however many rounds it took before they eventually stopped it. But he took a beat, and, and Joe Smith Jr. does what Joe Smith Jr. does, comes forward, throws punches from all angles. Joe Smith is as tough as an old leather boot. He's, uh, you know what you're getting when you get him. Humble, hardworking, blue-collar guy from Strong Island. I love Joe Smith, huge fan. Like to see him. And not, not, to, to, to the Gefford's defense, he was a last-minute replacement. I mean, Joe Smith preparing for someone else. Um, but I'd love to see Joe Smith get the big title shot next to Unify. I don't. I think he'd be in tough, obviously, against any of the other champions at light heavy, uh, better Bev and Bevel specifically. But love to see Joe. Well, get he already lost. He already lost to Bevel. So yeah. the 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 fight that would be possible that they're talking about would be in the summer or spring at Madison Square Garden. I, I would buy a ticket for it, I'll be honest, with Better Be of, uh to unify those titles. The titles Better Be of has, and of course, the title... That would that, be uh, three that, of the that, four. That has. Joe has WBO and um, Better Be of has IBF and WBC, and to your point, they're both with um, top rank. This is a fight that should and could, could and should be made for the summer, and to your point, that's definitely one we could... Uh, we should plan something around that, maybe do a live event in New York that weekend. That would be a fun fight. Yeah, no, that would be. I mean, listen, Joe Smith, to everything you just said, um, he lives up to really what he's purported to be and not just purported to be what he is. He's a blue-collar guy in every way. He's a union guy. Well, what union? Construction union? Laborers union? I think I'm, he's I'm, in the laborers uh, union, but I think he also started a tree service business as well. It'll come down and cut your tree down if you have a tree problem. I mean, I mean, when you talk, you know, sometimes they just use the cliche, but there's no cliche. This guy's a blue-collar guy in every way, as I just said, even in his livelihood. And he he's everything you said. He's humble. You know, he, he just works hard. Uh He's fan-friendly. You know, I used to use that term all the time when I was calling the fights at ESPN. And um, now somebody else over there is using those terms and <laughs> other ones quite frequently. But um, but he he is the guy that... It's like going to the Yankee Stadium and you're watching a Yankee game, you know, when they had all the sluggers on the team. Or a hockey game back in the 70s or 80s. Uh, you probably remember this, maybe, Ken, where the Philadelphia Flyers were Broad Street bullies. Street bullies. You know what I mean? Or, or the old Detroit Pistons basketball team bad with boys. Bill Lambier and Dennis Rodman, right? Uh, the bad boys. Uh, you you just knew that, that with everything there when you went to those games with the pucks and the, and the baskets, you, you were... You were going to get some rough stuff. I mean, you know, it was like going to a Metallica concert, <laughs> not a night at the opera. Yep. You know? yeah. I mean, that's that's really, that is Joe Smith in the most complimentary way uh, I could say it. And um, that's what you get when you get him. Uh, no frills. 
you know, just a guy who comes with his with his hammer and nails and he goes to work. You know, he clocks in. And uh I love him. Uh I, I love everything that he's about. Uh as I said, what you see is what you get. Uh you you got physical strength, uh you you got a serious attitude, no frills, someone who's not gonna leave he's not gonna leave the job till the job is done. And um what he might lack in finesse, uh, he makes up with physical force and will. You know, at a construction site, they may pour in the concrete, right? Uh, at his work sites, he pours or he imposes his will uh, onto what's in front of him. And he, he is a guy that doesn't get credit on top of all of that being a physical guy, he's not just a walk-in, you know, catcher that you might think when you think of a Tex Cobb back in the day when he was a heavyweight contender, you know, and, and I'm not saying in a derogatory way, but Cobb was a, he was that guy who just walked in, you know, he ate your punches and then he spit back at you. <laughs> and, um, of course, he had that one-sided beatdown with Larry Holmes where, it actually got Howard Cosell, the legendary great Howard Cosell, to leave the sport, you know, to say that I'm no longer going to defend the sport. And listen, with a guy like Howard Cosell, it's about ego too. And it's, you know, he's already made his bones. Him, uh, Ali helped him. He helped Ali uh, make it to the big time. So he didn't need boxing anymore. He didn't need boxing anymore. So it was easy for him to be a little bit of a hero, right? Or act like a hero and say, uh, after seeing this, uh, you know, one-sided beatdown, I can't defend the sport no more. I'm leaving the sport. You know, well, that's the first time you saw a one-sided fight. Come on. Uh, you didn't leave before. You, you didn't leave before when, uh, when you were still making your bones. So he's not... And, and Tex Cobb, the biggest heart in the world, did a lot of movies afterwards, right? He, he was in, uh, he was in uh, Gladiator. He was in a lot, in, in the cast-type character of being just a big old monster, a big old warrior. But he fought like that. And Joe Smith is, see, I'm, I'm hesitant to say because I don't want to be knocking Cobb, but I tell the truth. Uh, Smith was better. You know, Smith, I mean, Cobb had one of the greatest chins ever, one of the greatest hearts ever. I give him all that. But he was like the great Mickey Duff would say. He got insulted if you missed him. <laughs> and and that's not Smith. You know, a lot of people, I hear them say, oh, you know, you can punch inside his punch. You probably can to a certain extent at certain times. Uh, but it's not like he's throwing punches from left and right field and center field. He's not that. His technique is pretty solid, you know? Uh, and again, I understand he's not Pennell Whitaker. How many guys are Pennell Whitaker? Especially, you know, at the bigger weight classes. Not too many. But, or, or May, Mayweather, if you want to go down that road. But he doesn't get credit for, yeah, he's relentless. Those are his attributes. Those are his strengths. His, he punches well. He's got a great chin. Just his physical, his ability to impose himself physically and mentally on you, that's, that's there. But he's, he's a little bit better than just 
the walking guy. You know, he's a little better than that. And um, and I tell you what, yeah, you could outbox him. Yeah, that's the thing, right? If you're going to fight him, you could outbox him. He's got certain flaws. Uh, you got the chance to outbox him. Let me tell you something. You better be freaking, you better bring your lunch pail. Yeah. <laughs> you better, yeah, I talk about consistency in life in many areas. But you better be consistent. You better be damn consistent. You better not outbox him for four rounds or five or six or seven or eight. You better freaking do it all night long because he'll be there all freaking night long banging at that door to get in. You better lock that freaking door because he ain't going away. And um, I just wanted to give him his due in that way. Of course, if he fought better BF, better BF would be a big favorite. Um, you know, because one thing, better be if can do everything he does and at a higher level, at a higher caliber, probably he can punch, he's got a great chin, you know, he he was he had I mean he was obviously a tremendous amateur better be if fought in two Olympics, probably had somewhere somewhere around three hundred amateur fights. But better be if if that fight does get made, and as I said, I'd buy a ticket to see it. Um, and there's not every fight I would buy a ticket to see, but if that fight did get made, better be if would he he would be like the guy that gets maybe you call in you would call in Ken because you know you got that you got that Olympic size swimming pool and and you call him in to maybe fix something with the pool. <laughs> you better be ready to get freaking wet. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You better think. be ready to get wet if you're gonna fight freaking Joe Smith. Yeah, you you're gonna be better in a lot of areas. Maybe you better be ready to get freaking wet. That's all I'm saying. It better be of no difference. Even though I understand how great better be of is, um, and I I get all that, but. To get to the bare bones of the fight, you you said it beautifully at the top. I mean, you you got to make a decision. You're there to survive, or you're there to win. That's number one. And I understand. I heard I heard his corner man tell him, and it, it made my eyes go up a little. I heard him say, uh, during I guess during a pre-fight interview, what he told the commentators was that if if he was still there. If his guy, you know, Gefford was still there after five, six rounds, I'm not sure what number he said, but it was somewhere around there, five, six rounds, then Smith's going to have a problem because then he's going to go to work. If he can, in other words, if he can survive early uh, onslaught, which they expect it, Smith brings it. You know, he doesn't take time to introduce himself to you. He gets to he gets to say the hellos right away, right away. He doesn't beat around the bush. It, and the trainer said, if my guy can survive the first six rounds, uh, like I said, Smith's going to be in trouble. Well, you know what? There's one thing you didn't take into account there. there you might still be there standing, but what you take to survive those rounds may be so damaging that it's not going to work out for you. In other words, you think, oh, if I last six rounds, now I'm going to go to work on Smith. But while you're lasting those six rounds, how much 
intake are you taking? How much damage are you taking? He took I a lot of damage. I think at one point he said, Teddy, at one point he said he couldn't, he had, had a problem with his left arm. Well, guess what? Joe Smith punches you for six rounds as hard as he can on your arms. You're going to have a problem with your arms. But you know what? That was a sign of his spirit being broken. Yeah, of because course. that's what, the, yes, the body, but that's what Smith does. He breaks down your body and your spirit. And you saw an example, perfect example. If you were looking for an a, a example of that, you know, just, just, a, just, just a, you know, like going to a class to see, you know, a seminar on what it looks like to see somebody just gradually broken down physically and mentally. That's what you saw. And again, the thinking of, well, if he survives the first six, we're going to be good. No, because what did you have to take to survive? That's what trainers have to ask themselves, and that's what fighters have to be aware of. What did you take in order to survive? Sometimes you take too much, and then, yeah, you're still there, but you don't have anything in your own tank, in your own artillery left to fight the fight you need to fight. And they and haven't was, disrupted Smith's rhythm all night, so rhythm's just, Smith is just wailing on a heavy bag. What do you think? In six rounds, he's going to be tired? You haven't done anything to threaten him or set, offset his rhythm. He's just getting in a groove. Like, what did he think he was going to do? Yes. Like, Smith would punch and, himself and, out? He's well, a champion. And, and, and again, I understand the thinking. The thinking is, okay, you know, we saw, we wear him out, we, and then we start getting to work and in spots you saw little spots like where you could punch in between smith's punches or you could you come right back quick and maybe get him maybe catch him taking a picture you know posing for the camera so to speak you know after he punched waiting for the receipt as the old timers would put it um you know you saw him catch him with an uppercut because his head wasn't moving it was right in the middle you know everyone's but it was too sporadic it was too sporadic because that that doesn't dissuade a guy like Smith. That's part of his game. Other people's game might be a fast jab, uh, quick feet. Part of Smith's game is not to be deterred, to be consistent, to be reliable, to be steady. And that's what he brought, the steady, relentless pressure. And he was willing to put up with a, you know, uh, a few a few bumps along the way. Um, you had to do more than a few to deter a guy like this. And again, to keep the floodgates from opening, you know? And and at the end of the day, when you put on that those earmuffs, as I would say when I was calling the fights or the, you go into that peekaboo and you're standing there, You forget, yeah, your gloves up, but there's openings to the body. There's openings around your gloves, around the ears. And Smith was smart enough, and that's another thing what I'm saying. He was smart enough. He could have threw that punch, just threw it, but he he aimed it behind the glove, behind the ear, where he knew that damage could be done instead of it being caught for the most part and buffered for the most part by the glove. And so he... You know, he, he has a, a, a cerebralness uh, in, his, in his very rough 
uh, standard uh, way, uh, you know. So, at, at the again, at the end of the day, uh, you could see the spirit. You could see the spirit leaving, um, leaving Gefford uh, as he was taking and taking and taking and every once in a while something got blocked, they got blocked, they got blocked, but then they got through around the ears to the body uh, and you could see that he he stole the soul, he took the soul out of Gefford. He, he, Gefford went in there looking to win a fight. By the time it got to the later part of the fight, he was looking to just get out of a fight. He was he wasn't looking to win a fight anymore. Uh, physical damage aside, I'm talking about just the spiritual part, the 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 mental part, the emotional part. He he had his mind changed. Smith changes people's minds. <laughs> he changes people's minds. That's that's his that's his greatest asset. And um. DeGuardia, Joe DeGuardia, one of the promoters in New York, New York promoter, lawyer. Uh, I know him for so long. Uh, he does a good job with these guys. He, he gets them to that place. And, and he gets these kind of guys uh, to that place. And his people. Again, I was defending them when I was defending Joe, saying it's not fair when, they, when people say, oh, he's just a walking guy, you know, he, he's a catcher. Uh, no, he's better than that. And his people with him. Uh, they've they knew what they had, and they knew what to do with what they had, and they've done a good job um, with what they have. And uh, I, 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 I was I'm happy for him. Every time I think of Joe Smith, I think about the uh, the beating that he put on Bernard Hopkins, and I can't help but think how how badly they underestimated or overlooked Joe as almost like a farewell fight for Bernard. Like, hey, Bernard, go out there and clean this guy out on your way out the door. And Joe Smith blasted him right out of the rings, out the ropes, on his head outside of the ring. And then Bernard was like, oh, he pushed me. And I love Bernard Hopkins, but he got up claiming that Joe pushed him. They showed him the replay, and he was still like, oh, maybe he pushed me. But you could clearly see Joe hit him with a bunch of shots, and Bernard just was like, see ya. It looked like a meme, like the um, the, the Jake Paul knockout of Tyron Woodley where the body goes just flying up into the sky. It was that kind of knockout. But uh, congratulations to Joe Smith. Hope he gets a uh, crack at better BF, although that's one of what those. One other thing that, I want to say. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I hope so, too, and like, like you said. But I was going to say, that's one of those things where you say, Careful what you wish for, <laughs> but I do. I would love to see him get a get a get a shot there. Yeah, but he wouldn't be careful about what he wished for. He 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 understands what he's getting, and he signed in for it. He signed up for that, Joe. He he's he's signed up for that. Um, understanding that. Yeah, no. The I other know. thing I have to say because we're the reporters to the people out there. That's our job to the people that come and and turn turn on this program every week. Uh, it was it was a one-sided fight. Um, became more and more one-sided. Um, eventually, got to the point where he, you know he got dropped, and then he he basically was taking account, and his corner his corner man stopped it right at this you know at the same time, uh, maybe to save him, uh, having to just be seen as staying on his knees, on his knee to take the count, but. It was the the same thing the fight before that on ESPN. That was a one-sided fight too. 
And look, I'm not picking on ESPN. All the networks, all these promoters, um, they're guilty of it. But it's just another example, exhibit A in a courtroom, if you will, Ken, of what I've been talking about, of what's becoming of these promoters that have these exclusive deals with the network. There, there is, there's no incentive to have to give great fights. There, there isn't. It's kind of like the New York Knicks, who they got a little better, but they still suck um, uh, every, every freaking year. They, it's a New York team. They should be a lot better. They should be a damn lot better with this Dolan uh, as the wacky owner, whatever. He's got all the money. He got it from the father. But listen, he's he's got the money, and and he, he and the Rangers are playing good. But the the Knicks never get to that next place anymore. Nope. And and one of the deterrents to it, you always have to have incentive. What is the incentive if your arena, Madison Square Garden, the most famous arena in the world, is sold out every year? Whether you whether you you win seventy games like the great Chicago Bulls and Golden State Warriors did a couple of times, or whether you win five games, the the. The arena is still sold out. Where's the incentive? Where's the motivation for the owner to go out there and say, hey, wait, I got to put a better team forward. So I I look at, it's the same thing. Where is the incentive for these promoters to get these sweetheart deals with the network, right? You know, top rank gets what, 92 million a year, whatever it is. And, and that, you know, give or take a million or two, you know, it's just whatever. Uh, like tip money for you. Um <laughs> And then uh, I kid with you, but <laughs> and and then you got the Fox deal with Heyman. Maybe that's in the fifty million area. I don't know somewhere around that. Could fifty five million, whatever. Oh yeah, and and you go right down the list. Where is the incentive if they have an exclusive deal and there's no one else there in the bullpen, so to speak, in the on deck circle to take your place? There's no incentive. To really put on the kind of fight that the, that the audience wants to say, there I gotta isn't. believe that I gotta believe some of these networks regret getting into these exclusive deals because they've eliminated all competition. So now one promoter has all the control, and they can essentially be like, "Hey, I need more money to put on the fights." Yeah, but we already gave you money. Take it or leave it. I'll just put on lopsided mismatches all year, except for the once or twice when I feel like so much pressure internally that, that we have to is, make a Ken. good fight. Yeah, every once in a while. You know, uh, like like the again, I give credit to the people that say things. Ken. <laughs> I, I don't take do. it for mine. I know you do. I don't take it for mine, like some people out there do. But um, like the great Mickey Duff used to say, Teddy, uh, even even a blind squirrel finds an acorn every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I like that. I, so every once in a while, yeah, they 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 throw your bone. Every once in a while, they get forced into it, and you know nothing to lose for them and they throw your bone you get a good fight but or it happens by accident yeah or, or by accident but too often too often ken too often they they give you what you got the other night one-sided fights the opening fight and and again it's not just the espn but they give you these one-sided fights their thing their plan their incentive is to keep certain guys their stars undefeated until it gets to a money fight that they can cash in but to keep them undefeated to build up these champions build up these records and do it as safely as possible 
and they got a network that lets them do it. So the audience, you better get ready for that. Fasten your seatbelt if you don't already know that you're in for that kind of ride. I mean, you know, I feel bad for you. I got smell salts in the, in the basement <laughs> if you need some. Wake you up a little bit. I do. But I feel bad if you haven't waken up by your own self by now and understand what's going on. There's a farm system going on, and they're building these fighters, their guys, up, you know, uh, with, with select opponents, you know, some subpar opponents, one-sided opponents, so that they, they have their staple of fighters that, you know, they can continue to flaunt to the to the network put out there say look we got these guys look look keep us keep paying us we got we got all these champions but who are they who are they fighting for the most part and and even and especially the before they become champions when you're developing them when you're bringing them up who are they fighting they're fighting guys that are selected to keep them undefeated to make them 3-0, 4 5-0, 6-0, 7-0, 8-0, 9-0, until they get to that place. And you're watching it. You're, you're, the, the fans are there, you know, having to watch it uh, if they choose to. You know so, who called that out recently? Jake Paul. He said, look at the guys I fought. He goes, and then he went down a list of all the champions that are out, the handful of them. He's like, look at this guy fought a guy who was 1-99. So then he fought a guy who was 2-60. Then he fought a guy who was 0-4. I think he was talking about Tank Davis. But it's it's true. These these legitimate Ken, contenders. Ken, 100%. But that was my next point, which yeah. I always make. That's why don't be mad at me. Don't Don't be mad at the messenger. Don't be mad that I tell you that UFC has surpassed boxing in a ratings war and battle. Don't get mad at me for just telling you what is obvious, what's true, what other people are responsible for making happen. I'm not responsible. I'm just telling you, yeah, the UFC has passed them. Why? For one simple reason. They don't care if you get a loss. They, they care about putting competitive fights on every week. And for the most part, you get some one-sided, but for the most part, on a much higher average, Ken. Teddy, to your point, the three biggest draws in the UFC right now, Nate Diaz, Conor McGregor, and Jorge Masvidal. I don't know what their combined losses are, but I'll, get you, I'll, I'll bet you it's close to 20. And yes. they're the three biggest draws, and they get paid the most, and the losses don't matter because they get better when they lose. They learn. They grow. Um, one thing I wanted to say about the Knicks, though, as a Boston sports fan, and I pretty much hate all the New York teams, but I will say, as a sports fan, it's unacceptable to me that New York doesn't have a competitive basketball team. Okay, you're going to have off years here and there, but... I sympathize with the Knicks fans because I loved when the when the Knicks and the Celtics have good rivalry and it's heated. But for this oh, guy yeah. to not care about putting on a team, my friend Jesse Itzler owns part of the Atlanta Hawks. I'll guarantee you he would do anything in his power to get a ring. Because when you have a lot of money, who you're there. You have a lot of money. Don't you want to, to, to celebrate winning and doing something great for the community and bringing a title to like a team and a fan base that cares so deeply? Don't you want to be the guy who's like, hey, look at what we did, New York. We did this. I know Jesse Issa would like cut a finger off to win the to see the Atlanta Hawks win the title. And, and I'll bet you half the fans in New York would give up an arm to see the Knicks win. This guy seems indifferent. He keeps putting out this crap 
product. Well, in they, the they're fans in New York. Uh, yeah, you're right. The fans in New York, I'll correct you on one little thing. They might give up someone else's arm <laughs> to, to, to win this thing. I'm True. not sure they're going to give their own arm up. You know, New York, that's not New York style. But, um, <laughs> and I love New Yorkers, I'm one of them. But, uh, yeah, you're... you're uh, you're preaching to the choir. Do you remember I mean, the time when the uh, Bruins played the Rangers in the 70s and they got in a fight on the ice and someone threw something at one of the Bruins and the Bruins' entire team jumped into the stands and were fighting with the fans and you'd think the fans were running for the hills? Nope. They were just came down and it was like a full-on melee. And, you know, like two or three cops in the 70s, you know, trying to push people back with hands. And the, one of the Bruins takes the guy's shoe and is hitting him with his own shoe. Man, it was crazy. The hockey in the 70s was like uh, uh, like the movie Mad Max, free-for-all, yeah. anything goes. Well, well where did that, that, there's a reason for that saying. I went, to a, I went to a fight and a hockey game broke out. I mean, <laughs> yeah. right? I yeah. mean, there is a, a, a oh. reason behind coming up with that saying. Right? Yeah, for sure. Um, well, listen, before we, get into the M before we get into the UFC and speaking of how competitive their fights are, they put on another barn burner. It was a bit one-sided, but my God, toughness on display, Teddy, every week. Before we get into it, though, let me give a quick shout-out to our number one sponsor, everyone's favorite, Athletic Greens. Teddy and I are both now fully recovered from COVID. I credit Athletic Greens with a big part of that. They always make sure we're getting all the ingredients that we need. You you can eat a healthy diet you can eat a low low calorie diet whatever you want to do but if you're taking athletic greens at a very minimum you can rest assured that you're getting 75 whole food sourced ingredients it's got your vitamins minerals prebiotics probiotics antioxidants everything that you could possibly need in a multivitamin wrapped into one it tastes great you shake it up with some water. It couldn't be easier. It's like an insurance poly policy for your body's health and immunity. So whether you're trying to boost your energy levels, support your immune system, or address gut health, Athletic Greens is the way to go. Simply visit athleticgreens.com slash atlas, that's A-T-L-A-S, to claim the special offer of 10 free travel packs with your first purchase. Again, it's athleticgreens.com slash atlas. If you're interested in being healthy and you like the show and you're thinking about trying something new, maybe you'll try it, maybe you won't, do us a favor and give it a try. If not for yourself, help us out. It helps support the show. It helps us put on this production. We got the great Sam Rivera over there doing all the audio and video. He ain't cheap. If you've been following him on social media, you know he's probably going to win an Emmy or a Grammy at some point, an Oscar. Um, excellence in production. Again, he ain't cheap. So do us a favor. If not for yourself, do it for us. Show some support to the people that support us. Athleticgreens.com slash Atlas. How you feeling, Teddy, post-COVID? Yeah, good. I mean, thank God. My whole family had it, but thank God. I mean, people that heard you know, heard us talk about it have reached out and asking how I am and how my family is. So I appreciate you people. Appreciate you every day. Um, appreciate who you are, what you are, what you care about uh, very much. Don't take you for granted. Put it that way. I, I I don't take good people for granted. Never have and don't plan on doing it. And one of those good people is in front of me, as you said, Sam Sam Rivera. Appreciate him very much. Um, you know, I want to, when, when I talk about I'd buy a ticket, I'll finish with this, that I would buy a ticket for, um, for Better BF and Joe Smith because obviously the 
the styles they 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 demand a good fight because when you when you match up the right styles you know what you if you know what you're doing you know if you're going to get a sleep or if you're going to get a good fight you if you know what you're doing and in, in the business of matchmaking and it is an art to know how to matchmake properly um but when i think about better be and smith and that type of style against each other i'm, I'm talking about the expectations being at the level of like a Gaddy Ward. Yeah. I'm not saying anything ever reaches that again, but there's always a chance that it does reach that again. Uh, I'm talking about a Castillo Corrales. I'm talking about an Ali Frazier. You know, uh, that when you got the right styles together, you have a chance to reach that place, uh, to to get to that kind of fight. And uh, the only thing I'll finish with that letter greens is that Thursday, I have to do another, you know, I do these with with dynamic striking. I do these instructional videos, and they're and good. By the way, they're phenomenal. I, I, if, you, if you are out there and you're stuck at home with COVID and you want to learn a few basic punches, you can learn all of them. But at, if nothing else, you can have Teddy walk you through a tutorial of every single punch in the arsenal. I think he's got like 55 different jabs, hooks, uppercuts, dynamic striking, search Teddy Atlas. You can buy those videos, download them, watch them at your leisure. Combine it with Fight Camp and you'll be the friggin' world champion in the next 6 to 12 months. I guarantee it all. Teddy will refund you for your Fight Camp purchase. Oh, was that too much, Teddy? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, not at all. But you'll be the one. That you since, since A, you brought it up, which I appreciate very much, and you offered it. So, um, and B, that you are can write out the, uh, you know, the the man who has his own barber, uh, the man who uh, takes private jets to where he's going, uh, even if it's only a four hour drive uh, you know so I, I i figure it's only it's only right the thursday that i appreciate what you said but thursday what i was going to say is that we're going to do a new one we're going to do a workout where, with me where once we get it edited and everything i hope it's as good as i want it to be and i plan it to be i really do but um we're going to have an old-fashioned workout with me kind of pushing you through that workout. And on that day, I'm going to make sure that, and I already told my wife, that make sure we have enough athletic greens. Because when you do these videos, you got to work. <laughs> you got to work. I mean, my man, Kenny Robles, he, and he's a great guy, uh, and he's a professional, you know, Boxer, he was a Golden Glove champion. He's nine and one as a professional, uh, good fighter, but but a, also a good person. And that's why he works with me. I, 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 it's my choice, and I choose to work with good people, uh, in anything I do, and um and that, and to me that's always the at the forefront before anything else. So, I'm I'm gonna have to sweat a little bit. You know, I'm gonna have to burn up some calories and and um. And be able to keep it together uh, for maybe four or five hours by the time we get finished for the day. You know, doing it all. When it's all done, it's the workout uh, be 45 minutes. But uh, it, it takes a lot more to get that done and to put it on camera. So I'm going to need energy. And I'm going to need to feel at the same time not bloated, sharp, as 
best I can at this point in my life. <laughs> now, I'm not I'm not Ken Wright out running uh, marathons, uh, you know, every other day. But I have to be ready as best I can be ready. And Athletic Greens does help me do that. So having said that, let's move forward. You you moved me right into... You know, one other thing I got to say, I just thought of. Uh, you were talking about the Celtics, being Celtic fans. Yeah, and I saw that picture of you and your beautiful... You have a beautiful family. You have a daughter and three sons. But your beautiful three sons and your daughter's beautiful too. Um with their getting ready to go to basketball games the other day. I don't know if they were getting ready to go to the game or going to <laughs> practice, but I noticed that um, you probably use some of that influence because, you know, you, you have influence now. You, you do. Let's face it. I mean, you're, you're, you're a guy that's recognized and that people want to be around, people want to do favors for. So you must have pulled in some kind of something to get – how did you get your – your son's teams, all of them, <laughs> because they're different ages, named the Celtics. How the, how the, <laughs> I, you know go what's ahead, funny? get you, you know what's go funny? ahead, talk your way out of that one. <laughs> you ahead. know what's funny about those jerseys? They, we, early when, when they were really young, I forget what game we went to, maybe a hockey game, and I said, oh, look, there was, you know, someone had the jersey on, like a Gretzky jersey, and I said, oh, guys, look, there's Gretzky's in the stands. What is he doing out here? He's supposed to be ready for the game. And they thought it was the funniest thing that the guy had on someone else's thing. So I said, yeah, don't you want to wear a jersey with your own name on it? So when they, they said they wanted Celtics jerseys, and they were like, only with our own name, though, Dad, no one else. So all of them have ride out on the back of their jersey, and uh, they, think, they think it's the best thing same with they they insisted on it titans is. jerseys for christmas only with their name though they refused to have anyone else's name on it because i one time made a joke about someone wearing someone else's they're like i don't want to I, I don't know that person i only want to have my own name on my jersey i said all right that's a good attitude but uh no the uh yeah someone sent them those jerseys from boston super kind and generous to your point about the influences I would say that one of the greatest gifts that you could ever get is have someone recognize you for anything it, the power that that gives you to help change other influence people's lives positively is a, and, and no one knows this more than you, you know, I mean, I've been places with you when people are like, you know, it's like the, the Ali walked in, they're like, oh my God, it's Teddy Alice. And initially to people who've never experienced that, they might think, oh, I wish that someone would notice. I would say it's a responsibility when people all of a sudden know who you are because there's no room for bad behavior. Not that you would behave badly, but you feel a responsibility to honor the people that admire you and recognize you. And so to that end, if people recognize me and I can do something to help them and it makes them feel good, that's the greatest gift that you could ever give is to be able to give back to people and 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 and, and to use one of your words, it, it makes you feel dependable. Like be dependable to the people that like you and appreciate you and never have never too busy to respond to people and help where you can. To me, it's so much better to give than to receive, to to, to be able to make someone feel good by some small kind gesture is like a, a, a feeling that I had never recognized until recently. And uh, I'm incredibly grateful for the recognition I've received from being on this show and uh, forever grateful to you. And again, I'm sorry I didn't call about the Raiders. I dropped the ball on that one. There's no excuse. But with that being said, let's talk about the UFC. And again, 
toughness personified. Uh, Calvin Cater from the New England cartel, the killer cut from, he must be drinking the same water Mickey Ward drank because after that savage beating that he took from Max Holloway, Teddy, I thought, oh my God, did I think that Calvin Cater, maybe, maybe I thought he was better than he was. And I think a lot of people discounted him and kind of wrote him off and forgot about Holloway him. Holloway is a tremendous, tremendous, tremendous elite boxer. I mean, he does it all. He's very well-rounded, very well-rounded. And he's proved that many times in the octagon. But he is him and guys like um, Jan... Um, to me, they, I, I've said it before, I say it again. If I walked in a room and there was, there was no graphics up and I was watching a monitor and there was no sign telling you who's who, you know, I walked in and I saw Holloway doing his thing or Jan doing his thing, striking, I would think I was watching a professional fight, boxing Oh, match. yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that That's, that's how developed... I believe that's that is how good they are at we call it striking because that's the word that they use obviously. But for me, You're that's how good Petrian. they are at boxing. Yeah, Petrian. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, Jan, the the, the yeah. lighter guy, yeah, right? Yeah. Jan. Petrian. I, I thought it was just Jan. I'm sorry, and um, but he's a good striker. But if you watch those guys, you, for me. You're just watching good boxing when they're boxing, you know, when there's when they're on their feet. And that's my point about Calvin Cater is that going into the Holloway fight, a lot of people would have said the exact same thing about Calvin Cater, myself included. And the way Holloway took him apart just showed you how elite Max Holloway is. But back to back to Cater, he regrouped, came back against this Giga Chikese, who a lot of people think was like the next champion. He's on his way. He's going through the whole UFC like a buzzsaw. And Calvin Cater put it on him Saturday night in a one-sided beatdown. Even when they went to the ground, I was shocked in the first round at um, Calvin Cater's jiu-jitsu and scrambling and wrestling. He at one point took um, Chikese's back. He was just he looked awesome in all areas. The elbows, the spinning elbows. He'd catch Chikese leaning in and rushing forward and, and trying to crowd Calvin Cater. And Calvin Cater would spin around and hit him with a back elbow. It was just an incredible performance from Cater. Super happy to see him get that bounce back victory. Like I said, after the Holloway, that was pretty one-sided against an awesome guy. But nevertheless... Those are the kind of fights that he's, if he wants to get to the next level, he's going to have to get through the hallways of the UFC. And um, love to see it. I'm a huge fan. Calvin Cater, Boston's finest. Um, how'd you like the action? And what'd you think of the uh, boxing that Calvin showed? He was more, look, I can't be more complimentary to either guy as uh, they're both men amongst men. I mean, uh, they're giants with the heart that they display, the the warrior mentality. Uh, they they live by a code. And the face of Chikese, Teddy, after the fight. The yeah, face to keep, to keep going and just, I mean, he was busted up everywhere. It's just face yeah. split apart, both eyes shut. Oh, he looked really bad. He but, looked tough. But when, when you, see, when you started to, to and, you, and you brought me into this, and you just introduced it by saying, what do you think of Kata's boxing? Uh, he is more along the lines of what I was talking. And I'm not again. I don't mean to knock anyone. I I'm complimenting, but I'm saying it in the 
raw, honest way that I know to say things from my experience to get to the point and and not to not to sugarcoat, not to worry about what some people interpret it to be, only to care about what I know it should be interpreted as from my place, from my experience. And he's more along text cop. He's he's not the guy like I just talked about Jan and I talked about Holloway. He's not in that category of boxing. He's in that category of toughness and relentlessness. Um, but not he's more along the lines of what you think of for the Toro Gaddy Mickey Ward fight that you you're always going to get a war and you're going to get a guy that it has disdain for punches uh, like Customato told me when we were developing uh, fighters together. I was training him. Cus was managing him um, or overseeing everything. And I would be developing a fighter. And one of them, one of them you know, obviously at one point under my responsibility in charge was a guy named Tyson. But when we were developing whatever fighter it was and moving him towards being a top amateur, towards being a top pro, a world champion... Cus always wanted me to obviously teach them to elude punches, which we did. To elude punches, to be smart, to be uh, have a you know high IQ in the ring, as well as physicality. Uh, have good technique, be solid in your technique, but to have an elusiveness, to have a respect for defense. Um, because the other guys can punch too. Yeah, Tyson can punch, but the other guys can do it too. Uh, make sure you can make a miss and expose them and set them up for your power by being smart. Again, by being well-educated uh, in, in, in all facets of the game, including defense. The other part that Cus would, would drive home to me was we want to make them smart. We want to make them where they will want to get away from punches, have the ability to be, you know, elusive. But if when they do get hit, which is inherently part of boxing, at some point you are going to get hit. When you do, you try not to. But when you do get hit, couple rules. One, don't get hit two in a row. Get hit one, bang, move your head. So you don't get hit two in a row because even the good fighters, the real special fighters, they don't get hit two in a row because they can take the one... The one that could get you in trouble is the second one right behind it. Don't get hit with that second one. But the other thing was the mindset. The mindset of a pro, of a warrior, where you had disdain, the word I used earlier, for the punches, to the point where if you do get hit, you care. They have the effect, the same kind of effect that a raindrop has on a windshield that it just splatters off. That's what Cuz would always say. Teddy, we want him to have that kind of mindset. People say, well, some people don't have a chin. Some people have a better. It wasn't about the chin, the physical makeup of the chin necessarily. We did strengthen their necks because that we believe was the shock absorber to helping you physically take a punch. But the rest of it wasn't so much the bone structure of your chin. It was the make up of your will of your mind that you got yourself to a place of concentration where you refused 
to be taken down that aisle, that corridor, to that dark room, where the light got less and less and less until it was out, and then you were out. And that you had control over that. That that was your choice. As long as you could see the punch. Now, the ones you don't see, that's a different story. You don't have a chance to make your mind prepared for that. But your job was to see the punches, try to avoid the punches. But when you did get hit, don't get hit two in a row and have an attitude that it's going to have the same impact that a raindrop has against the windshield. No effect. It's going to splatter right off. That's the attitude that we wanted to instill in Tyson. Even with the, you know, with, like I said, with the cleverness, with the ability to elude first. But then if you get hit, have that attitude. And that's what I want to give credit to these guys for. That what they might lack in technique, uh, Kata, uh, for example, he, he wasn't Holloway. When you say, how did you like his boxing? He wasn't Jan. He wasn't, obviously, you know, uh, Penel Whitaker, when I talk about top boxers, or, you know, guys that uh, you hit him, he hits you, but it's hard to hit him back. But what he did perfect, Kata, and, and his opponent, was the mental level of concentration a development of will where they had just no regard or respect for the impact of punches. It takes a special guy to do that. It does. It takes a special guy to, to get to that level of concentration, of toughness, of will, development, where it's, they're bouncing off the windshield, you know, they're bouncing off your chin like raindrops off a windshield. So, that's what I saw in Kata, Um where I saw a, a sick and destroy missile, a guy who's relentless, a guy who's going to break you down, similar to Joe Smith, where he's going he's gonna to walk you down, walk you down, and something's going to give. You know, pressure breaks pipes, pressure can break people. And his attitude and... And it was on display the other night was to just keep coming, yeah, move his hands, do his job striking, throwing the punches the correct way, but not let anything deter him from his mission. I mean, he's a mailman. You know, neither snow nor sleet nor, nor gloom of dark shall deter me from my job to deliver the mail. I mean, that's Kata. He's going to deliver the freaking mail. <laughs> He's going to deliver the mail. And um, that's what he did. And he took a very tough guy, and he, he just kept banging and kept going and broke him down. Um, he won every round, I thought. I thought he won the last round 10-8, my judgment. Yeah, that's what uh, he got on but, this one. One of the judge, one of the judges had a ten eight last oh, yeah. round, but they all had it five five. I didn't zero. know that. So it was amazing that his opponent uh, was able. Giga Chikazi, yeah, yeah, Chikazi. That Chikazi was able to withstand all that. I mean, again, 
I've said it before. His picture should be in Webster's Dictionary too, like some of the other guys when it comes to what does toughness mean? What, what is a tough man? You know, what is the code that these guys live by? Explain that code to me, the code of conduct, the code of behavior as a samurai, as a UFC warrior. That's these guys. They display it every time they get in a freaking ring. And Teddy, it's worth it's worth noting that Cater, I think, took a worse beating than Chikese took when he fought Holloway. Uh, when 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 Cater fought Holloway, he took a worse beating than Chikese took. But Cater, as he just dis- displayed Saturday, can give it and he can take it. That is a that is a tough tough guy i mean all of them are and Chikese, tough, but he but took some shots to, last night too it's saturday he Chikese landed some bombs as well i mean cater walked right into some huge punches no you're right ken it's no different than what i say and i preach all the time when i break down the two sports you got two tough guys but one is more developed technically smarter yeah. if you will he becomes tougher yeah because he doesn't have to rely only on that he becomes tougher automatically, automatically. And it does come down to that part. And whether it's in the UFC or whether it's in my sport of boxing. But what I want to say from a technical standpoint, breaking it down, why does somebody, what's the most important popular um, recognized punch there is in striking and boxing? A jab. And what is a jab recognized for the most part to do? To keep separations. Yeah, it's to set up other punches. I get it. But it's also for defense. It's also to keep separation, to keep your opponent a little bit away from you, to to keep that cushion zone a little bit, create that zone. and Keep them honest. And it's, yeah, keep them, keep them from doing damage to you. Keep them from getting into a comfortable place where... He can hit you with the power shots. That's that's probably the best definition of a jab. You could be more complex about it, but simply put, that that pretty much explains it. And I'm watching a fight, and I'm saying somebody didn't explain that enough to Chikese. Because if he used the jab, again, just to keep, just to keep Kato Kato from getting close enough to do more damaging stuff. It would have, in in boxing, it would have kept him away from maybe landing the left hooks, maybe powerful right hands, obviously uppercuts, that can be a big power punch. Um, But in this case, if... Chikese used the jab. It would have kept Kata from getting into that zone, that area where he could use elbows. See, that's what struck me. I look at things that in a certain way. What is consistently given, in this case, Chikese the most trouble? Yeah, he's getting hit with those strikes. I get it. And he's, he's a little one-dimensional. He's right there. They both saw that, um, and he's not, you know, all that. But I said he's getting hit with elbows. It's bad enough to get hit with punches. Nobody wants to get hit with punches. 
But to get hit with freaking bones, elbows, no glove, no cushion, that's what made me, that's what is almost miraculous about the toughness of these men, that they get hit with those. And he got hit so many. I never saw a fighter in the UFC get hit that many, that consistently with elbows. And the jab was, as I said, in my sport, it's necessary to keep a guy from getting into that power lane where he can land the uppercuts and the hogs and the right hands. In this case, it would have kept Kata from getting into the place where he can land those elbows. It, something had to stop that. And nothing stopped it. And that's why, at the end, that Chikese got finally forced to the canvas with brute force, just relentless brute force and elbows. Mm-hmm. Elbows. He got, he, where he was within a, another two seconds of that fight being stopped. I'm glad it wasn't stopped. That, that he got with his proudness, his pride, his toughness. He deserved to, to be able to finish the fight. But another two seconds and the fight gets stopped. That's a fact. Because he got, he got taken to that, that place of no return. He got forced to that, that place where, the, you know, with everything he overcame all night, when that barrage, that floodgate of elbows came, and just one after another, Caden knew what he was doing. He, he, had a, he had a special human being in front of him that wasn't being knocked out by just punches, and he was just going to pour these elbows on until the, into the referee said stop, and he did. And another couple of seconds... Uh, the fight would have had to have been stopped. Yeah, great fight, great event from the UFC. Now we've got the, uh, we get back on track next week. We've already talked about it with the uh, heavyweight pay-per-view. Francis and Surreal gone, going to be a barn burner. Um, hey, one quick thing before we sign off. Did you see the news? Um, Jake Paul allegedly got, uh, working with a handshake agreement in place to fight Mike Tyson for something in the neighborhood of $40 million U.S. dollars. Um, Man, these this kids just generating money. He's, uh, I think they said he made forty forty five million dollars last year. He just turned twenty five yesterday or today. Now he's going to get in there with Mike Tyson. <laughs> the show continues. Next stop on the uh, next stop on the tour, Mike Tyson. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, this is what I think, Ken. I wouldn't term it to. Uh, you're right. I'm not saying your terminology is wrong, but I wouldn't grab at the term. The show continues. I would grab at the term, the bank account grows. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's what this is all about. Yep. I mean, I give credit to Paul. He's taking it serious. He's learning the best he can. He's working his, his backside off, trying to be the best box he can. Uh, he's respecting his sport in that way. And he's picking his spots, you know, really well. Um, no different than anybody smart like Mayweather picked his spots. But the uh, one thing, Teddy, different. the one thing he should be recognized for is to his point, he's he's got no amateur background whatsoever. He now then okay, they're not boxers, no, but he's in there with professional I give, fighters. I give, no, I, listen, I give him credit, but he's still picking his spots pretty yeah. good. Oh, for he's sure. not in there with 
with boxes. But no, he's he's picking his spots good. And they're older guys, some of them, whatever. Uh, there was one basketball player, so don't forget that. Yeah, that's but, true. Um, b- before you go crazy, I'm but with you. at the same uh, at the same time, um, I give him all the credit. Hey, look, he's he's created a niche. He's created a um, an industry for himself, and he's making a lot of money, and he's playing on people's imaginations, and people will buy this. I mean, Mike Tyson is a legend. Mike Tyson is a guy that people will pay to still see, like they did when he fought Roy Jones at 55 years of age or whatever he was. They, they, there's a mystique uh, over the years that was developed about Tyson. Uh, you know, the, the same way people are still going to, to the end of time, are going to stop and look at a car accident. Um, people are going to stop and they want to see what Tyson's doing. I mean, he has that mystique. Um, and putting these two guys together, obviously, uh, will make money. And that is, you know, who doesn't want to make money? Uh, they don't deny it. You know, Tyson. To, Tyson's pretty honest about things. He he really is. He's a guy. You could say he's wacky. He's crazy. He's this and that, whatever. But he's not that crazy. He's he's crazy like a fox sometimes. And he's pretty damn direct and forward about things. He you know he said he said uh, I remember one time at a press conference he said I don't have friends. And and meanwhile he had all the people around him. I was glad. I was saying <laughs> good for you. Good for you. You embarrass these freaking people who howl for their meals. But he had all these freaking phonies around them uh, like they were his friends, but they were just leeches. And and at the press conference, he, he said, he goes, I got no friends. I got people that are just leeching from me. <laughs> and they were all around there. They're like, huh, 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 huh. <laughs> yeah, what's the matter? You finally had to pay. You finally had to pay uh, a penance uh, for, you know, for the, for the job that you have, to, uh, for what you really chose to be, uh, a guy who's just a yes man, a guy who house for his meals, now you actually have to, instead of just taking the money, you have to actually give a pound of flesh for a few minutes? What? You can't handle it? The crazy thing is if any of them had any integrity, if you were standing with someone who you thought was integrity. your friend, and they said... If integrity fell on them, they would brush it off. Like, what the frick is that? But if like, you, like if that's, you, that, that feels like, that feels gooey. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> what is that? Get, you, get that out of here. I mean, they wouldn't go near it. If you were standing with someone who you thought was your friend and they looked at you and said to the people listening, I don't have any friends. These people aren't my friends. If you had any integrity, you'd get up and be like, oh, really? See you later, dude. We are no longer friends now. Because if you thought you were friends and of someone course. said that, right? Well, of and course. You have yeah, to. Ken, Ken, you know that thing, that old saying, you know, if, uh, if, if my aunt had this <laughs> and that... She'd, She'd be, be my, my uncle. uncle. <laughs> you know what I mean? I yeah, mean, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, if these people had those qualities, if these people had, you know, uh, those characteristics, uh, those little bit of character, they wouldn't be those people. They wouldn't be there in the first place. Those people are there because they're devoid of those, of those, you know, qualities and traits. That's why they're there to begin with. So... But I, 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 it's funny. My my grandson, uh, he he played with 
sometimes with slime and and he'd go oh that uh, that don't feel good papa oh that's nasty i mean that's if again back to integrity if if a bucket of integrity <laughs> fell on these people they'd say oh that don't that's not good that's that's oh i don't like that look at the end of the day when you're talking about this um Tyson is direct. He is very honest. He really is. He said, I saw one of the little quotes that I saw. I think you sent it to me. And he said, hey, if someone's willing to give me $100 million or whatever the freak the, it's going to wind up being, whatever, but if someone's willing to get... I'm willing to take it. <laughs> why, why would... Uh, very nice why, why would... Yeah. <laughs> why would I not say yes to somebody looking to give me uh that kind of money you know what explanation is needed here's the one thing i'm going to leave this one with did you ever you remember the wwe and vince mcmahon and all those i know it's a different entertainment fight business with the wrestling and it was purely entertainment and all that stuff i get it but the point is they knew what they were going to do ahead of time do you th it's 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 business. It's entertainment. Do you ever think when you're talking about this kind of fight and a lot of people say, oh my God, even at 55, Tyson would destroy him. He's Mike Tyson. He's got that physicality. He's been a fighter his whole life. He was a champion of the world. You know, I mean, he's one of the greatest punchers in the history of the sport. Even at 55, he looked okay with Roy Jones, blah, blah, blah. You know, he hits this guy. He's going to knock him out. Uh, you know, uh, and then there'll be people that obviously uh, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, and they're going to say, you know, on the other side of it, they have their right. They're going to say, well, Paul's 30 years younger, and, you know, he can punch with the right hand, and, you know, uh, he'll make this guy, uh, you know, take advantage of this old man who's not, you know, what he, he's not really Mike Tyson anymore. I, I get it, both sides, that you're allowed your opinion in that way. And you could justify both sides in your own way. But how about thinking about this? With all that money at stake, and it is entertainment, and it is about capturing the people's imagination, and it is a bit of a circus. With all of that, is it impossible to think of the possibility, Ken, that they could get together and set this up? I'm not saying, again... I have no knowledge of that. I'm the first to say it. I'll always be honest. I, I, I'm, the, I'm the first to explain it again. I don't know anything other than I know the possibilities that are out there. I know human nature. I know what it wouldn't be the first time that somebody got together with somebody else to make a lot of money and said, hey, this is what we're going to do. <laughs> we're going to go in there we're going to get the contract signed we're going to promote the crap out of this we're going to build it up we're going to make a ton of freaking money uh but uh we're not gonna we're not gonna hurt each other would would that be impossible to be a possible scenario with everything that this is about with with the environment with with the you know with all the circumstances of this, you know, this, this isn't two 25-year-old guys getting in a, a a commission boxing ring where they're fighting for a title. 
I mean, there's a 55-year-old, 56, a 25-year-old who never had an amateur fight, and he's got a huge following. Tyson's got a huge following. We're in a different place socially now where people, people crave this stuff. People crave this stuff. They do. Quick entertainment. Quick fix. You know? I, I know when I, I used to... I, I went into a store um, a couple of weeks ago. I think I told you, and I couldn't believe it. I saw something that I used... I haven't seen since I was a kid. A big box of bazooka chewing gum. I love it. I love it. I proceeded to buy it. I opened up the box. I dumped out about 10 pieces of gum. I took the wrappers off of all of them. I didn't read the comic. I didn't read the the the. the I didn't read that. Yeah, I didn't read that. I used to read it when I was young, but I didn't. Read, I got right to business. I I opened them all up to ten, twelve pieces. <clears throat> threw them all in my mouth. I wanted a burst. I wanted <laughs> satisfaction. I wanted a freaking burst of flavor that just for those couple minutes made me happy. I don't <laughs> deny it. I don't deny it. I, I, I wasn't worried about the dentist. And that's what people want. And these people are giving it to them. They want that burst of adrenaline, that burst of excitement, that burst of entertainment. And this will give it to them. So what, again, it's smart. There's not a possibility that they get together, wink, wink, and, you know, and say, okay, this is how it's going to go down. You know, we're going to fight here in these parameters. This is the parameters. This is a, and at the end of the day, it's an exhibition, so nobody gets their hand raised. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll make everybody as happy as we can, and we'll be damn happy because our accountants will call us up ahead of time and say yes the most important part of this whole scenario the check cleared <laughs> <laughs> not the jab not the right hand not the great left took to the liver that tyson used to throw or the great uppercut that you know could rip your head off the check cleared brother <laughs> okay okay all right thank you now again I, i'll finish it by saying that I don't know any information to tell me that this is a scenario or has been talked about by anybody. I'm just saying you'd have to be brain dead not to think with this kind of money on a line and with these guys in the positions they are in their life now, right? That 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 that, that couldn't be a possibility. Yep. Please. Definitely. I just want to go back to one thing. When I was talking about uh you know fan friendly like i was talking about with uh joe smith earlier that's what cata is cata's fan friendly and um you know i there's a lot of fighters in the ufc that are fan friendly i mean there's ones like anything like boxing that are more sophisticated in certain areas uh, than other ones, there's no, there's no doubt about that. But just like the Arturo Gattis and the Castillos and Joe Fajali, you know, I said all that. I will tell you another one that the Styles made fights was Marquez and uh, and Pacquiao. Pacquiao. Oh, always 
They could be eighty years old fighting <laughs> each other for the hundred twenty second time, and it's gonna be it's gonna be competitive. Yep. Styles make fights. Styles make fights. Um, but the same thing with UFC that they're smart enough to put the right styles in there. You know, that's part of it too. Uh, to make, to almost guarantee a good fight. And I mentioned the guys that do that in boxing. And I, the guys that, I, that were called out in my head in UFC that have that style. Cater is, of course, one of them. Uh, Gagey, he's another. Covington, he's another. Um, Hooker, I, I, am I saying his name Dan right? Hooker, Dan Hooker, yeah. yeah. Dan Hooker, Chandler. Um, you know, to me, any of these warriors, they're all fan friendly, and you put them together. And of course, there's others. I throw, I throw, uh, I throw Poirier in Poirier in there since he beat. Well, I Poirier, think all of them. Poirier. Yeah. No, well, Poirier too. But uh, I mean, I, I wasn't necessarily just thinking of just a big names I was thinking yeah, yeah. But, they're, but they're all big names well, when you said all those names I couldn't but, help but think oh yeah. Dustin Poirier no, not only Poirier is one of them but he beat them all he beat but, Holloway he beat, and, he, he and, beat and there's others I yeah. can't get to every one of them of course them. but you're guaranteed you're guaranteed I mean there's not a lot of guarantees in life Ken, <laughs> yeah. but you're guaranteed an entertaining night yep I, I mean you know I mean just like if you bring a match to gunpowder, you know what you guarantee. <laughs> yeah, you know, bang, yep. you know, explosion. You know, because there's there's sometimes you look at some of these fights on boxing, and they're put in two counter punches, or they're put in two movers, and you're saying, who the freak was the guy in charge of this matchmaking? He's, I mean, he's not getting a Christmas bonus from me. I mean, are you, where did he come up with the idea that this was going to entertain anybody? You know what? You know what I think of when I think of when I think of that gone wrong is when the first time they put Francis in with Derek Lewis, thinking that they were going to get a barn burner, and the, the two of them just moved around and looked at each other for the entire fight. By far the worst fight in the history That's of true. the UFC. Oh, that was whew, that was a bad one. I think. And that now they, I'll tell you what the reason for that was. You're right. You wouldn't think the Styles would cause that kind of a situation. You would think the opposite. Yep. That the styles were would be indicative of you know, of a, a good fight, a bomb burn if you yeah. will. But there was something else at play there. Too much respect for each other. Yes. Not enough development mentally. Yeah. And Ganyu hadn't developed mentally. He hadn't matured. Yeah, his body was mature. He's a monster. But he uh, he hadn't matured, and they're both big guys, but he hadn't matured mentally enough to have the confidence to use his physicality. That's exactly the way right. that it. it and along been. those lines, I'll say the same thing about Lewis. I don't think Lewis had a back injury, very bad back injury, but I also think he severely doubted his cardio condition. I mean, he's commented about his lack of cardio yes. almost after every fight. 100%. But I think he was so nervous to get into a barn burner with such a big puncher that it created the perfect storm of like just... I mean, God, that that fight was so bad it was hard to watch. I felt for both of the guys because they're both they both see. I mean, we don't know Derek as well, but they're both nice guys and they can both crack. 
it was just unfortunate uh, timing and circumstances. Hey, but before we sign off, Teddy, quickly, who's going to be in the Super Bowl and who ultimately gets the win? You know, there was, I mean, you haven't seen the games next week yet, but this week, Kansas City looked pretty damn good. Buffalo looked pretty damn good. Wow. Yeah. I mean, they they look pretty damn good. And you can't blame it all on the weather because they're all cold weather Oh, no, teams Teddy, they, weather they, teams. that was and just they, a No, no, because New down. England. No, because New England is a cold weather team, too. Yeah, they come sure. from cold weather. So you can't really say, oh, they beat someone from, from L.A. and they won't use. And that, oh. that can happen sometimes in football. But, no, they beat a cold weather team in cold weather. Josh Allen um, is unbelievable. He, he he looked as good as a quarterback can I, look. I think tonight, I'll tell you, here's my part of my answer. I think tonight is going to be a chance that one of those teams, that will tell you of, about one of the possible dance partners tonight. That but could I think be the Rams have because, two safeties out, like two like legit superstars. Yeah, but but whether they do or not, it's still that's still part of you know the scenario. Yeah. Um, you know, they got to play without them. But or or if they get back in time, if they can win tonight. But I think the Cardinals and the Rams tonight, I think you can't discount the winner of that. Obviously, you got a guy named Rodgers with the Green Bay Packers um, with the experience MVP, and the greatness. MVP of the league yeah, as far as yeah, I'm he, concerned. Yeah, yeah he, I agree. He should be. So, you know, you got the talent. You got the greatness. Um you got the experience. Oh my God! So and that uh, NFC that, goes through Green Bay, and that is uh, next level cold. No, a hundred percent. And I'll finish with the last thing, just to make you gag a little bit. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, a guy named Tom Brady, um, who you you used to invite over your house, and now I I heard you told him he's not he, he he's not a invited guest anymore. Um, he took because, it. He he uh, took it in stride. Actually, I'll tell you a funny story. I was talking to Jesse Itzler, my friend. Who he owns, took it in stride. I love yeah, that. Yeah. He took it in stride. Yeah, he was like, I understand, Ken. No, no, I'm glad they Friends are friends, but you know, if you're from Boston and that's like family. Right, tell me the story. I was I'm talking to Jesse Itzler, who owns the Atlanta Hawks <laughs> last week, and we were talking about something um, regarding running, and he goes, oh, dude, I got to call you right back. Brady's FaceTiming me. And I was like, oh, come on, good one. He's like, no, 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 I'm serious. Brady's FaceTiming me. My whole family's going to the game. I'll hit you back. <laughs> I was like, all right, tell him I said good luck. Yeah. Well, you know what? He was probably, you, you were busy. He yeah. probably couldn't get you. Exactly. He probably knew uh, I was I mean, talking to Jesse. The, that's called the way it freaking is. That's true. He couldn't get you, <laughs> so he, he called the backup. He called the backup. <laughs> All right. I get it. But um, as as again, as much as it might churn your stomach and make you reach for athletic greens after you, after you throw up whatever you ate today and you have to get your nutriment back and you might have to, you might have to reach for athletic greens, um, I would... You can't you can't count out uh, Tampa Bay because that Brady, what is he? How old is he now? Forty four? I I don't even know. Forty yeah, three? I I think so. Uh, Rob will put it up there in a second. But hey, uh, about the Rams, what I was saying, the Rams will be without um, Taylor Rapp and Jordan Fuller. They're two starting safeties. I know you got to play with what you have, but those two linchpins to that defense. A hundred percent. That's a tough one. I still think the Rams get it. But done but tonight. at this time of the year. Everybody's dealing with, yeah, with 100%. something missing. You know, it's like, it's like Arizona. People use, I use 
That quarterback like, from Arizona is unbelievable. You see the uh, kid he, running. It doesn't playmaker. even look real. It looks like a cartoon. His legs are moving so fast. His fast well, he's, he's such a He's such a playmaker. He, he's a difference maker. Oh, you know, he's a game he's breaker. He's awesome. But, you know, at this point in this season, in a game like football, business like football, uh, if you're not banged up, you haven't been playing right. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> no, seriously, no, you haven't sure, been playing hard enough. I mean, every everybody's. That's like people used to say to me, "Oh, gee, the guy's got his." You're going into the fight with a sore this, uh, Teddy, or a sore knuckle, or so. I said, "Wait a minute, do do you guys know what we do for a living?" <laughs> <laughs> that's right. When did it ever come to surprise you that after a two month freaking training camp? That of of banging on people and everything else that we put our bodies through, that the fighters put their bodies through, that we would be a hundred percent healthy. I mean, it's a rarity. Oh, gee, I didn't know. I you didn't know. <laughs> you, you didn't understand that that would make sense. And what do you think the fighter's going to tell you? He's banged up. No, it's part of the business. It's it's just part of the deal. It, well, guys going in there as healthy as possible, but there's going to be something that ain't feeling 100% because this is what you do. You punch people. And, and you know, football, same thing. At this point in the season, everybody's got somebody banged up or out. And, you know, it comes down to what my son always says with the Raiders, what their mentality was, because they went through probably more injuries than anybody. Oh, but I would, I'd feel bad. I would say, Teddy, what are you going to, like stupid for a minute, hey, hey buddy, what are you going to do? Dad, next man up. Yep. <laughs> Spoken like a true pro. Hey, that's next how man we up. Found, that's how we found out about Tom Brady. Bledsoe almost got killed with a shot from the Jets, like smashed his spleen or something. That's right. Brady comes in, never looks back. Six Super Bowls later, crazy. Just need a chance sometimes to know how good that guy is in the next position. Uh, hey, you you know the old uh, Lou Gehrig story, right? Yep. Uh, what what's the name of that guy that he replaced? <laughs> um, I have trouble remembering for a reason. Yeah, exactly. I don't forget Lou Gehrig. Uh, it was uh, Wally Pip. Yeah, Wally. Wally Pop. Pip. Yep. Set, uh, right? Yep. First baseman for the great New York Yankees. You know, obviously a very good player. And uh, he got hurt. He, he sat out a game. And his replacement was this guy, Lou Gehrig. And uh, Pip never got back. <laughs> never got back into the lineup. The Iron Horse, Lou so, Gehrig. So with all that being said, which two teams are going to the Super Bowl? It's hard to go. They got, they got the uh, home field advantage. I think throughout the Packers too. Yep, I think they. That's do. right. They do. So, so that's that's kind of helpful. Um, so I think it's a good shot that they could be there. Um, obviously, you can't discount Tampa Bay as we just talked about, but. Uh, do I have the right divisions? Yep. Packers. You got it. Yep. And and then uh, the Buffalo Bills did look pretty freaking good. That's I'm going with Packers, Bills, Super Bowl, and I think the Packers get it done. Yeah, Rogers. You know, Rogers is. Uh, he'd like to get another. He'd like to get. 
he's gone through some controversy this year. For sure, and, which is why you know, I want to see him special. win it. He's, 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 he would love to get another Super Bowl. He stood up for what he believed to be true, and God forbid in this day and age you you, yes. you have a differing opinion, a la Muhammad Ali. You don't have a popular opinion. I think in time he'll that's be proven. What, that's why Ali was Ali. That's why Rogers is right, because of that inner strength to stand yep. by your convictions, that's to, right. to not be afraid, to not that's be it. afraid to, to, to take a risk. That's right. To not be afraid to, to, you know, to put yourself in that position where you're not so liked. You know, everyone wants to be liked. You know, I want to be liked. And it's like the establishment doesn't like you when you're not, when they can't bully you into following in, following orders. And it's not about vaccines or no vaccines. Like the guy has an opinion. We live in a free country. He stated his reason. And now some one of the voters for MVP said they're not going to vote for him. And Aaron Rodgers said, well, congratulations. You can have two awards, the most valuable player and the most valuable vaccinated player. What are you talking about vaccinated or not? It's how, who's the MVP on the field? Stop it with all this extracurricular stuff. So I'm pulling for Aaron Rodgers this year. I hope he gets it done, regardless of what your thoughts are on the vaccine. He shows character and integrity. I agree with you. At the end of the day, what, uh, yeah, I know he had a great jab, and I know he had great legs, but what made Muhammad Ali, Muhammad Ali, his character, his mm-hmm. belief, his strength, that strength. That's that's what made him Muhammad Ali. That power. I mean, Rogers is coming from the same place here. That's right. His inner belief, his inner strength, his, his as I said, his his fearlessness to worry about or or his could give a damn to worry about what other people think or or how it might hurt him or how it might weaken his position in certain areas um, and put himself at risk where it would be easier to just go along. But he don't believe in it. That's right. But he don't believe in it. Do what you believe. Most of the time, you'll be successful. When Muhammad Ali was doing that, he was basically bucking what most people in the country felt was the right thing to do. Go and fight for the country. You got to go do it. And he said, no, I'm not going to go fight in a war that I don't believe in. And that wasn't a popular take. And people who were proud Americans thought that he was like a traitor. And they, they dragged him for years. And he was entitled to his opinion. You don't have to agree with it, but appreciate someone's integrity and character for standing up for what they believe. And that's how I feel about Aaron Rodgers. He's being destroyed by the media. Oh, he's a bad guy because he doesn't want to take a vaccine that just got developed. That's his opinion. That's his choice. This is a free country. And here's the other side that that you got to point out too, Ken. You're right. It's not like he's people. Oh, you put me at risk. You put my health. You put my life on the line. No, not. You could take the vaccine. 100%. You could take the vaccine. If, if the vaccine is truly that instrumental in staying alive, you know, then it's Rogers who's at risk. That's right. But everyone else has the ability to protect themselves. That's right. By taking the vaccine. And obviously by, you know, all the things that are recommended with the mask and the distancing and, you know, all those things. I mean... I'm not saying that that's not a reality, a real reality to the risk of this terrible virus. But again, there is also medical information out there that says if you have antibodies 
and you have the natural immunities and antibodies that that is as protective as the vaccination and maybe more so. That's right. So do we have to demand that he believes our science or their science and not his science or other doctors that he believes in and other science people that he believes in them uh, in that say that that's true that 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 science is accurate he's not allowed to have that option of believing that i don't know i think you are i think that's part of what makes the united states of america the united states of america you do have a choice and again for the people out there that are down in their mother's grandmother's basement right now, and their you know their their underwear's falling off. I, I you know because they they wear sometimes they sit down there and they don't care what they're wearing, and the <laughs> underwear that they wear is very baggy sometimes. These these haters, these haters, because the hate comes out, and and it, just like poop can come out, hate can come out, and it can make your underwear. I know a lot of people won't expect any of this today, but they, it can make your underwear baggy. It can. It can. Hate can make that. That's remember this model for today that you heard from from Teddy and Ken. Hate can make your underwear baggy. It can. Be careful with that hate. Be very careful with that hate. But anyway, the ones that are in their basement right now saying, "You idiot! You're putting people's lives at risk." No, you idiot. You idiot. You baggy idiot. You're not respecting. Other people's opinions, other people's rights. And freedom. That, that, and freedom. You're not respecting. You do what you got to do. Nobody's putting you at risk. Get, get all the shots. Get the boosters. If that's what you believe is going to protect you, as it's told by certain parts of the science community, that that will protect. Fine. I'm not disagreeing. I'm not. And for the and record, we both any, have been and I'm vaccinated. Not saying any, we've been vaccinated. And I'm not saying that anyone's life should be put at risk. What I'm saying is, obviously, he, does, he doesn't want to put people's life at risk. He does, but he believes that you have the choice of protecting yourself with your science, the science you choose to obviously believe in. He has the right to. There's science out there, I repeat myself, of people that say that if you have the natural immunization, you're protected. You're protected. And that you're better protected than you can with the vaccine. So he has the right to follow that science. He, he has that right to follow that science. And to be respectful that, that, you know, that if the law says you can't go into a certain place, if that's what the law says, you can't go into a certain place without showing proof, he won't go in there. He's willing to do that. He's willing to give that up. Yep. Yep. Well, Teddy, this was a fun one. Thanks for doing it. Appreciate everyone for tuning in. And one more thing, please, if you're a religious person, prayers up for my friend Lynn Kelly with her heart transplant. I'm pulling for her, man. Beautiful person inside and out. And with that, Teddy... I will see you next week, and we'll discuss the uh, Francis Ngannou Surreal Gone heavyweight battle of the Titans. Yes, we will. And we will not, I repeat, not, never with these people, never on this show, be wearing baggy underwear. <laughs> God bless you all. Happy Martin Luther King's Day. Have a good week, guys. Thanks for being with us. <laughs>